Hi, and welcome to Global Impact, a podcast designed to help you find the freedom to accomplish more with your life, increase the productivity of your team, and make a difference in the lives of people around the world. I'm your host, J.W. Oliver, and I thank you for joining us. This episode of Global Impact is proudly brought to you by Zimworks, a member of Global BP Solutions. Hi, this is J.W. Oliver. Super excited to have you with another edition of Global Impact. Today's title, as you saw on in the intro here, is Keep Your Fork. And uh, I'm joined by my friend and coworker, Bradford Smith, or Brad as we call him. Brad, how are you? Very well, JW. How are you? Man, we're just fantastic. Uh, Brad is our general manager there in our Harari Center. Brad's been with us just uh, right out of year. Is that correct? Just coming up a year, JW. My anniversary is yeah. in a couple days' time. Wow, super exciting. Well, uh, Brad has been an unbelievable blessing for us to have there, taking a lot of weight off of uh, myself as a managing partner to try to get things started and going. But, uh, Brad, today, uh, one of our uh, co workers there had that mentioned a, a story about keep your fork. And yeah. most of us have, have heard that. I know we used to do church lunches and we used to do big family meals after church on Sunday or maybe a Saturday night at my grandmother's. And, and, and obviously when you had a big crowd, there was a limited amount of silverware. So as they were cleaning up the dishes and people were around the table, or maybe it was Thanksgiving, you know, Thanksgiving day and people were coming around, pick up your plates. My mom or my grandmother or somebody would up, my aunt would say, Hey, keep your fork. And we knew that meant there was something else coming. And, and usually, we didn't do the four course French meals. We knew that was dessert, right? I mean, this was uh, pumpkin pie or pecan pie or, or banana cream pie or pudding or, or something. Brad, you, you probably had something similar, I presume. Exactly the same. Normally in my house was rice pudding. So my rice granny pudding. used to say, keep your fork, something's coming. Yep, that's right. And 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 so we kind of laughed about that when, when Rob sent that out about keep your fork and Right when he said it, I wrote it down because I thought, wow, just amazing because he translated that into where we're at today. You know, in, in case you're listening to this now or if you're listening to this a year from now, you know, we're, we're just emerging out of this, what I like to call this COVID chaos, which it's been nothing but chaos. But uh, I think if we look at it and say, keep your fork means there's something more coming. Brad and I were just visiting about our business and just the exciting things that are happening. We, we went through, uh, what, two months, two and a half months of a downturn, and, and now we're about to pick it back up and really get into our stride. So keep your fork because something better is coming in your business, in your personal life, in your marriage, in your friendships, in your spiritual life, in your walk with the Lord, whatever that is, keep your fork. But Brad, Tell us a little bit about Zim. You, you grew up there, correct? Yeah, I grew up here. I was born here, went to school here. Um, spent most of my life um, in Zim. Um, I was actually born in a, in a little hospital called Lady Chancellor in Harare, um, which was just converted from um, Salisbury, so Salisbury into Harare um, in the New Zimbabwe, and then uh, grew up on a farm. And moved into town when I was about eight, nine-ish. And uh, yeah, I went to junior school here, went to senior school, went to a beautiful senior school called St. George's, was a Jesuit college. Um, had a very sort of um, isolated background. It wasn't a first world country. Um, 
but I mean, this country is the most loving place you'll you'll ever you'll ever uh, visit. I, th- I think you can attest to that, JW. Oh yeah, um, no, a- amen. I mean, it's. I think once you once you get around there, you realize how unbelievable it, it is. The people as well. But but go ahead. You, you tell us a little bit more about uh, what what year was that that you would have moved into town? So we moved into town. It would have been sort of 1990s, early 90s. Um, so just sort of at the end of my junior school at, um, at Highlands. Um, and that was, a, that was a public school back then. So um, I went uh, with all sorts of people. It was a very uh, multi-national multi, um, school. Um, and then, yeah, so we were in Harare. Early 90s when Zimbabwe was really booming. Um, we had a period of 10 years between sort of 1990 and, and the year 2000, where Zimbabwe really was top of the food chain. We were doing well. Um, just good manufacturing. Um, schools were, were, were thriving. Universities were being built. Um, you know, you, you look at Zimbabwe um, now, especially Harare, you can see most of the modern buildings in, in town were actually built in the 90s. So, you know, a lot of people have this conception of, of Zimbabwe being deepest, darkest Africa. Well, it's, it's not really. It's quite a modern um, little city in Harare. And uh, yeah, we've got a lot of infrastructure to, um, from the 1990s um, and onwards. Um, and then from about, I would say, year 2000, 2002, I moved to Durban and I went um, off to uh, university in, in uh, Natal. Um, and, and that's in South there. Africa, right? Durban's that's in South, South Africa. Africa yeah. And then uh, after university, I thought, well, let's go and explore the world. And I went off to the UK and I worked for a couple of big companies there, Schroeder's Investment Management and Charlemagne Capital, and uh, uh, managed uh, funds and portfolios and bits and pieces. And then one day, I think it was on, I actually came home for my 30th birthday. And we went on a tour with my folks and my sister and brother-in-law and all sorts of things. And we went right around Zimbabwe. And I fell right back in love with it and moved home. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Nothing could keep me away. Well, you know, I think that you, you mentioned about the buildings. We're in the, we're in Joyner City in downtown. That's the most recent building or high rise building built in, uh, in the downtown area in the CBD. Yeah. But, and, and, and that was built in 2010. Is that right? 11, nine or 10, I think is when it was completed. It just um, had a 10th anniversary. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So 10 years and, and it's a 19 story uh, it's a beautiful uh, construction there. And you're right. I mean, I've been around uh, various parts of Harare and, and what it looks like is, uh, is a lot of homes and businesses that were built uh, 25 to 30 years ago and they just weren't well maintained. That's probably a good description of a lot of things, right? That's exactly it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, you've got to, you've got to realize that uh, most of the buildings in town were sort of built sort of in the 70s. You've got those red brick buildings and you've got the sort of um, yellow face buildings. And then you get them ultra modern next to them with the glass and the, the mirrors and everything else. So um, it's really a spectacular place to come visit. So, and then, you know, join a city that where we're in, in the eighth floor there, um, is actually classified as a class A high rise. Um, and it's it's quite phenomenal. It's it's a, it's an interesting building. There's um, its own water supply. It's got um, uh, dual electricity. It's got all sorts of bits and pieces coming into it, as you would expect from a modern building anywhere in the first world. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing. Uh, we've always got constant power there. We even have a backup uh, system for our entire floor. But you know, you've got a lot of modern pieces there. I, I think what's amazing to me is that 
you have uh, what, what, what is known as the breadbasket of Africa, right? I mean, Zimbabwe yeah. is, is truly known as the breadbaskets, uh, high levels of, of, of very wealthy in minerals. And, uh, but I think the biggest wealth of Zimbabwe in, in my limited experience is the people. And, and there's no, no if, ands, or buts, the, the graciousness, the, the lovingness uh, of the people. There, uh, you got a 90, what, 94% estimated Christian, c- Christian country. So uh, yep. although there's different sects and different things that maybe have gone awry in the religious spectrum, you still have the majority who are uh, religious based. And so I think there's great opportunity. You know, th- that's one of the reasons I'm, I still am so excited and partial to Zim is that I don't think it's very far from moving from those 90s back to today back into those 90s and being even better than it was before you know it's definitely got the feeling now um i remember the first sort of um first couple of years in the 90s and that that sort of buzz and everyone was excited that business was getting going and we had mining um booming again and we had the farming booming again and everything else and i really do believe that's happening now um you know there's a lot of innovation happening we've we've um in the last four years put a world-class fiber system in place for internet and we've got um, all sorts of different um, technologies that are popping up right around the city um, which is something that um, is something to be proud of I think especially for Zimbabwe um, and and from where we've come from you know we did have a we did have a hard time sort of in the the, the early 2000s uh, 2010 2015 so where we've come to now in 2020 but it's a big step for us um, a lot of people, you, you mentioned um, that uh, the people are actually the biggest um, asset we have. And I completely agree. Um, and also the Christian aspect. Um, a, lot of, a lot of missionary schools popped up here in the sort of 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, and a lot of our population um, is highly educated because of that. So we've got grassroots level schools all the way through. I mean, um, in Zimbabwe, I think we've got over 20 universities. And that's all, well, that, you know. Yeah, and that's that's been an amazing thing to me is is I learned early on that you, you may have somebody who, who a, a mother or father who is willing to spend a hundred percent, literally, I'm not exaggerating, a hundred percent of their monthly salary to make sure their child gets that university education or that private school education. I mean, it the importance of education there is is just over and above what I've seen anywhere. Yes, it's massive. Um, you know, my my folks put me through um, St. George's and it wasn't, I know now, um, now that I've grown up and you can look backwards, you know, it's not a cheap school. So, you know, you sort of got to be gracious and, and thankful that they did that for me. Um, and it's certainly given me a big head start in life. And a lot of people, I, I could count 10 people off my fingers right now whose mom's working and spending their entire salary putting their kids through school or university or whatever they're doing just to give them a better life. And it's, 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 um, it's very endearing. It really is. And you, and you've got what, uh, around 13, 14 million people in, in Zim. Is that right? I think it's closer now to 15 million. So okay. yes, there are, there's, there's, um, it's a good population. Uh, we've got two big city centers. It's, it's Harare. And then, uh, we've got Chilinguiza, which is right next door. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of our population in the two centers. Um, obviously, with the farms um, and the movements and, and everything else, a lot of people did move into town. So those those two centres have boomed in the last sort of five years. 
um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of um, um, building happening within Harare, within Chilinguiza, uh, good road networks, everything else. Um, so yeah, we we're, we're heading in the right direction, definitely. Yeah, and you got you got primarily two, you got uh, and they're somewhat connected, uh, uh, Harare and Chitanguiza. Then you got Bulawayo, which is a four or five hour drive away. Is that correct? Yep, correct towards uh, the mighty Big Falls. So that's yep. a four or five hour drive. And then you've got just on the north um, towards Mozambique, you've got Matari as well. Um, and then you've got in between um, Bulawayo and Harare, you've got a little town called Gweru, which is mm -hmm. quite interesting. There's the biggest um, shoe manufacturing um, plant um, in the Southern Hemisphere there. And that's run by Barta. The, the largest shoe manufacturer in the Southern Hemisphere? Yes, indeed. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Now, see, I'm learning something new here. I've been to Zim, uh, I don't know, eight or ten times, and now I'm learning something new right here on the podcast about it. I didn't know. We're going to Guero to, uh, to, uh, to visit that when I come there next time for sure. Well, funny enough, I was in France a couple of years ago, and I was in a mall, and I was walking around the mall, and I turned around and I saw Barter on the wall, and I thought, well, what is Barter doing here? So I looked it up. It's a European company. And they invested here in the sort of early, I would say early 80s. Wow. So is it B-A-R-T-E-R, -E Barter? B-A-T-A, Barter. B -A -T -B -A oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen the shoes and things. As a matter of fact, I saw it in Big Falls. So yeah, that's, that's a great extra ride. I, I recognize that. Well, there's so much in Zim. I mean, you've got, you've got the capital of, of, of Harare, uh, Old Salisbury originally, and now Harare. You've got Chitanguiza. And then you go all the way over to Vic Falls, which is unbelievable. Uh, I've spent a couple of times in Vic Falls seeing not only the water, the wildlife, uh, Wenge National, National Park that's unbelievable with the wildlife and the safari. You go to the north, uh, haven't made it to uh, Lake Kariba, but uh, it, I know it's beautiful with houseboats. And, and so uh, 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 Dombashavo uh, with the, the big giant rocks and things uh, around the city. So honestly there's so many things to do there so you've got a great uh people you you've got a great environment you have the mountains i mean harari sets at five thousand foot elevation uh yes. right and uh and so you, you've got you know you, you forget sometimes when you're there that it's five thousand feet higher than i am at home as well oh yes absolutely also our runway here is a lot longer because of that elevation so the, the Harare airport, I think it's about two and a half Ks long or something silly. So it's one of the largest, one of the longest um, airports in, in Africa, I think. Wow. Because of the Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of neat things are happening. I think the country's changing and I think things are really moving forward and, and it, it's been entirely uh, amazing what I've seen uh, going on with the people, the infrastructure and, and things that are happening, but how this translates into what we're doing, Brad, Brad had a job. He wasn't looking for a job uh, when we, we found him. Uh, he was referred to us, and I know Brad saw the opportunity of, of what we were doing and, and the long-term objective. Again, we know, we don't think, we know that we're going to be uh, 3,000 uh, team members in the next five years. Uh, our goal is to hit that uh, by the end of uh, December 2025, I believe. That's our objective. Uh, 2024. And uh, so we're excited about reaching and, and achieving those goals. Really cool thing that we do, Brad, you can comment on this if you want to, but uh, we also have two pastoral care team members. They work for us full time. They're both ordained ministers uh, and uh, Abel and Sam. 
and uh, they work to invest in our people when they're going through difficult times, uh, whenever they're uh, struggling in their marriage or substance abuse or family issues or financial issues. Uh, it was funny. I know we had a call yesterday, or Brad had a call yesterday from 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 Sam, who's the director of our uh, pastoral care, and uh, he was worn out, wasn't he? He just said, "I'm I'm just absolutely worn out." Yeah, Sam. Everyone's been worried about this virus, and you know, obviously, it's hit the world so hard. And uh, here, here, home in Zimbabwe, we've been re- relatively lucky and, and shielded from it. But you've, you've still got to realize that everyone's worried, and everyone's talking to either Pastor Sam or, or Pastor Abel. And um, I just thank God that we have that ability within our firm um, so that people can actually offload. Um, It has made such a tremendous difference within the workplace just to have that informal chat, um, to know that, um, you know, you're not being judged by management or anything like that. You can go and speak to your friendly pastor um, and they really are um, sort of a channel also for us to know what's going on the ground, what people are worried about. Um, and being real and, and being and being able to respond to those sort of real concerns. Um, so yeah, Pastor Sam did he phone me and he said to me, Brad, it's been a it's been one one hell of a ride. It's been a month and a half. So he he said to me, you know, he's just gonna chill for three days and and rest and and um just take some time out. So I said to yeah. him, Absolutely, I can I feel your pain. Yeah, those guys are really staying busy. I mean, I'm excited, uh about what they're doing, I'm 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 super excited about everything that's uh, that that's that's going on that we we've got within our organization and uh, uh, you know everything that you're bringing to the table and really it goes back to what we just talked about we were we were on about an eight to ten percent a month growth rate not annually but about an eight nine ten percent a month January February March we were on this record month uh, middle of March and then breaks all came on uh, by the end of March uh, we were uh, we were reduced but the interesting thing is we we reduced we we lost about oh about 30 percent of, of people put their business on hold uh, we were just talking about before this that uh, we could be back to our regular levels as early as June 1st uh, and then we could far exceed that another 10% growth, eight to 10% growth in the month of June. So super excited about, about where we're going and what the growth potentials are and where we're headed. And, uh, this goes back to what I started with. It was keep your fork because if, if we would have in March when lockdown happened in Harare and things were going on in the U S and Dallas and everything was getting locked down. If we would have just started washing dishes and cleaning the table and put everything up and closing the cabinets and saying, that's it, no more, we'd have been in trouble. But what we did is we kept our forks and yeah, dessert has been a little slow in coming and there's been about a two month delay, but we do know for sure that as we've gone through April and now we're middle of May and, and we're really coming back into some, some uh, some good opportunities that we're going to hit our stride and really do well. So we kept our fork and Brad, I attribute so much to what Brad's done there. Uh, I can't say enough about how I'm excited about what we're doing and not only our business, building a business, but more importantly, that we're able to build some ministry within our company and that we're able to help people achieve their business goals as well. You do realize you speaking about our growing together project, don't you? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. You know, we've obviously let me tell, tell everyone we've got a growing together project um which is headed by our, our two pastors 
and that is basically um, to grow spiritually, grow the business, um, and and grow our sort of um, our outreach within Zimbabwe. And everyone, I think, in the last month and a half has contributed to that by the way they've pulled together, they've worked from home, they've communicated, um, we've helped whoever we can during this time, um, and it has really made us so much more appreciative of the things we have around us. Um, I can't begin to tell you how many people have said to me they can't wait to get back into the office. So it's a true testament on what type of place it is. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of people that don't want, I heard this real quick story here. Somebody talking about going to work and uh, when, when, whenever the Israelites had left Egypt and, uh, you know, Moses was leading them through the wilderness, they started crying out. You know, they come out of slavery, right? So they'd been in, this, uh, in slavery for 400 years and they started crying out, send us back. We want to go back to Egypt because at least we had food. And what, you know, so they started whining to take me back sometimes you don't realize how good you had things until you get separated from it, even if it was really bad. Right. But I think there's a lot of people now who realize, you know, and it's a great place to work. It's a great environment. I've got friends. I've got, I've got socialization, although we'll have some social distancing to begin with, uh, or or maybe for a long term. but uh, yeah, it's really excited about, about thinking that that we're going to get back uh, to our operation. Well, we're excited. Um, Hang on to your fork. There's great things coming. There's lots of good things ahead. We know that's not only in our business, but in your business as well. And uh, Brad, I, I thank you for your commitment to the company. Your job was a lot harder during the last uh, 60 days than mine was. And uh, you've, you've helped keep our company organized and together and people working. And uh, I just say that, that we're not only excited, we are jacked up about the future and what it holds. So uh, Brad, thank you for, for everything you do as well. Thank you, JW, especially for you too. All right. Well, listen, thanks for everybody joining us. We hope this has an impact on what you're doing. Uh, if we can help out with any of your services, whether it's the support DDS or the global BP solutions, uh, we'll print our website address here. It's globalbpsolutions.com. We'll put it at the bottom, supportdds.com. Again, thanks for joining us, Brad. Thanks for joining us. Everybody have a super week and God bless. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another edition of Global Impact. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Deezer and follow us on Facebook. Links will be in the description below. Until next time, stay inspired, stay motivated, and make an impact.